0: worship the Lord together all over this auditorium, shall we? Let's praise the Lord. It's a revival service. Time to be touched. Time to be moved. Time to feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Let's let that praise and worship roll across here. Hallelujah the night of celebration celebrating truth celebrating anointing celebrating his word hallelujah hallelujah let everybody say praise the, lord. praise the lord great to be here in this revival service this is a wonderful looking crowd for midweek service what we call an off night not a regularly scheduled weekly service amen but god bless you and i'm also Very excited and happy to see all these good young people here. I see so much anointing and so much potential. Amen. Amen. This is excellent. We are thrilled, of course, the Klingdance clan and family is happy to be here. We're honored to be here in this revival service. Amen. This New Year's revival. Amen. I hope we've been a blessing to you. We've certainly been blessed with the communion. The great atmosphere that this church creates. The word of the Lord is something very, very uh, special. We're so honored. I know I'm honored and very appreciative of Pastor. This was Pastor's invitation. He, It was his idea. He initiated it. I didn't ask for these uh, young men, my sons, to preach. He brought it up, giving them a night. And I was certainly happy about it. But this was Pastor's idea. He believes in young people. He believes in youth, young men and young women can be used, the word of the Lord. And I have, uh, because of my wide travels, I have had the opportunity to uh, give Zachary and Jeremiah opportunity to get up and minister in five and seven minute time slots all across the land. And um, I can say that there are some places I lose them and I pray, oh God, help them survive it. And other places, you've loose them, and you're like, oh, this is going to be good for them. These people love the Word of the Lord. And I'm very happy tonight that uh, these young men have the opportunity to preach to great people like you. you. Amen. Because you love the Word of the Lord, and you're very supportive, and uh, you get behind the pulpit. And that's very important, and uh, especially in young ministries. I'm getting ready to bring our oldest son, Zachary Kleindance, to bring the Word of the Lord. And he's 22 years old. I've been preaching now probably about a year and a half or so, but this will be his fifth full sermon. Uh, Most of their preaching has been in uh, five- and ten-minute keynote slots like the Touch the Future opportunity. Amen. It was Touch the Future that actually put the impetus in our home. Uh, Jason uh, Varnum, your pastor, mentioned having Zach and Jeremiah speak And two years ago, and I said, they're not ready. But if you'll give me a year, I'll get them ready for that meeting. And so we put it one year away, and I took that year, because of Touch the Future, I took that year to start getting them up in services and talking to them and training them. So this church really has birthed and given birth to both Zachary and Jeremiah's ministry. was the force that brought it. You know, set the timing on it, put the timing on it. It was bound to happen, but it it gave us a date and gave us a goal. And so, Zachary's 22, this will be his fifth full sermon. He will be handling the word of the Lord um, from the introduction through the altar call. And he will be giving the altar call, inviting you to come and pray. They will not preach a long time, but uh, whatever the Lord has given. He's in college with theological studies, getting his degree right now. This past year, he has, including his school books, read over 60 books. And I'll be telling you tomorrow night, Jeremiah is not far behind in book reading. Both of them are avid readers, and uh, he has a great word from the Lord. I can say, tonight I'll talk about Zachary, tomorrow I'll talk about Jeremiah, but I can say in 22 years as his father... um, Zachary has always loved the Lord. He's never been hard to raise, never caused problems, never been rebellious, and has made great sacrifices on a personal level as a teenager to accommodate, first of all, our ministry, and then most recently his own ministry. I know he has made great personal sacrifice to follow the call of God and put ministry first. And so when I bring him to this pulpit and I say I'm bringing the man of God, I can say I truly believe that Zach Kleinitz is a man of God. And so I welcome him to this pulpit tonight. Would you welcome him? Get behind him. God
1: bless your son. Love you. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Oh, is that your song tonight? Have you come in expectation? Have you come in exaltation? Have you come tonight with a song in your heart to worship the almighty God? God, we worship you here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It is my privilege and honor to be able to stand here before you. It's t- count it a great honor to be able to stand. Honor your pastor and your bishop and their wives and families for entrusting me with this moment. Uh, honor my father and mother and brother. Uh, there's so many people. My friend Bo was able to come up here everybody watching online i could uh, start naming names but it might be longer than my sermon so we're going to be looking at genesis 6 genesis chapter 6 verse 14 going to be starting genesis 6:14 i'll tell you can't really tell it's a uh, midweek service here tonight so <laughs> great move of god in here To my buddy Victor, glad he's he's here. Good to see you. Genesis chapter 6 verse 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make it, making the ark. Thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of the... Of it 50 cubits and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. From this text, I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight on the topic today's faith determines tomorrow's fate. Today's faith determines tomorrow's fates. You can be seated. See, Fate is determined as the course of someone's life or the outcome of a particular situation for someone or something seen as beyond their control. See, fate says there are certain things outside of your control. Fate says you have no control of your future. Fate says your circumstances are unaffected by your choices. Fate says whatever will be will be. But I believe that today's faith determines tomorrow's faith. In in the account we just read of Noah, I believe we can quickly deduce that there, God cares about the details. In my opinion, there, there's nothing that really supports this assertion as much as the idea of the human brain. Within your brain tonight, there are approximately 100 billion neurons. For context, that is more neurons than stars in the Milky Way galaxy if every neuron in your head were to be wrapped end over end, it would span the whole circumference of the earth twice. Simple facts like this have led many to conclude that the human brain is the most complex structure in the universe. God is a God of details. The human eye can process 36,000 bits of information an hour. If your eye were a camera, it would be somewhere around 576 megapixels. God is a God of details. When two years ago, I, I was in Singapore, did an internship there, and while I was there, I um, was riding with a lady in the church. We were going to pick up Barrick Willoughby and another friend of ours. And during the midst of all of this, her car broke down in the middle of the highway. And so, you know, no big deal, just stopped in the highway. And um, so right about, you know, we're kind of starting to panic how are we going to get this car back on, what's going on. Um... A man knocked on the window and asked her to pop the hood. She popped the hood. He fiddled around with some things, shuts the hood, told her to put her foot on the brake, put her foot on the gas, turn off the headlights, turn on the air condition, and start the car. So she went through the whole process. Car starts right up. He's like, all right, see you guys later. And we went. (laughs) No joke. And so, you know, it was a, a, a minor problem. Toad chuck coulda came out, towed us to where we needed to go, got the car going, set back of about an hour or two tops. You know, it was a it was a minor problem for the evening. However, because of God, God cares about the details of your life, the little things. No matter where you find yourself tonight, big problems or minor inconveniences. Whether you have a mountain before you or a hill behind you, God cares about the details of your life. The problem is too small for God. If you care about it, God cares about it because He cares about you. He cares about what's going on in your life. He cares about everything that you see. Looking back at the ark, we can once again see God's attention to detail. He told Noah specific wood, specific dimensions. It had to have a window, had to be three stories, had to have a door. That, see, Noah couldn't even control the door. <laughs> you know, my dad preaches out of uh, 2 Corinthians 16:9, talks about Paul, uh, a, a great and effectual door has been opened. And uh, I think I might have the second part of the Revelation. <laughs> so, so I, what this tells me is that what this tells me is that there was a door, but at some point, if the door's been opened, it had to be closed. So, you know, I don't know how to open an open door. And I believe that that Paul speaking of this door, and he tells that it was closed or it it was closed, in order for it to be opened. See, we we preach about open doors and doors of opportunity, and we need opportunity. We need God to open doors in our life. We need His will to be done. But Noah built an ark so that he could survive a flood. And the the ark had all the, the, the capability and the capacity to save his life and to float during the flood. But had the door been left open... He would have had a hard time staying above the water. See, this tells me that sometimes there's just some doors that just need to be shut. You know, I'm preaching to someone right now who the doors of opportunity in your life, no matter what's going on, they've just been shut. There's just nothing coming open. It's just, it, 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 things are tough. You can't see what God's doing. See, I prophesy to you that the closed door in your life is a part of your miracle see it's it's a miracle in progress yes the yes your blessing what you need's on the other side of the door but you see your miracle it's a part it's not inhibiting your miracle it's a part of your miracle it's a miracle it's a miracle in progress it's the the blessing of a closed door God was specific with Noah about the ark. Yet, in all the details, in everything that God told Noah to do, in everything that God had his hand on, all of the, 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 the process that he had to do, if a sailor were to look at the ark, or if a, a shipbuilder were to look at the ark, he would come to the conclusion that the blueprints of the ark were flawed. There was a flawed design. In the ark because you see all of the 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 most important aspects of any boat built today or at that time are missing see Noah's Ark had no sails it had no rudder it had no helm so in other words Noah had absolutely no way of controlling the destiny of the boat He had no way to control the the, the fate of the ark. It was outside of his hands. When Noah entered the ark and the rains began to fall, he was at the mercy of his own faith. His faith took him to a place that was outside of his control. Has your faith in God taken you to a place you can no longer control? Or you're out there somewhere in deep water you don't know? If the storm of your life is raging, if, if, if the rains of your life, and you just have no idea how, where to go, what to do. See, much like Noah's Ark, we are, we're not designed to be led uh, by internal forces. We're not designed to plot our own course. We have been designed by the hand of an almighty God. And it is His hand and His voice that is should be leading us. Is there anybody here tonight who can give control of your life back to God? Who can stretch your faith and your trust in God? No matter what's going on, you can just give it totally to God. God's way, God's will is still the right way. Have you seen the light? Have you seen His Word is a lamp unto our feet? It's a light unto our path. The path of God's will is the best will for your life. His way is still the best way. Take a moment and thank God for His providence in your life. For what He's doing in your life. Where He's taking you. No matter if you know the the outcome, the end of the circumstances. In 2 Kings 4, we we find the account of a wealthy Shunammite woman who convinces her husband to build a room onto their house for the prophet Elisha. Scripture tells us that whenever Elisha would pass by, he would go into their home and he would eat with them. This lady made a place in her life for the prophets. She made a ministry out of providing for the prophet. Certainly it was inconvenient, but she made a place for him. Just like this lady, we all need to make a place and, and, and make a room for the ministry in our lives. Because it's through that avenue that we can be blessed and can be... And th- that's, that's the conduit for which your miracle flows. I've been taught that if you make God's business your business, He'll make your business His business. To su- that's right. To summarize the rest of the story, Elijah wants to repay this, this woman for her kindness and ends up, his servant goes and, and brings her and he prophesies and finds out that she doesn't have a son. He prophesies a son and she has a son. Years down the road, her son, her miracle dies. 2 Kings 4.21 says, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She ran to the place she ran to the room, the room that the, 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 that the prophet prophesied in. She ran back to the place in which the miracle began. She, see, this was the place that she built for the prophet, now became the conduit that which her miracle flowed. She had already received one miracle in the life of the child, but now this room was going to make place for another miracle. I believe the key to the miracle and the key to the story in general is that the lady had a place in which her miracle was able to flow through. Her faith in the man of God led her to build a room that years down the road would be the very room in which her son would be healed in and brought back to life. When catastrophe struck, the first place that she ran to was the room her faith built. When your faith makes room for God, you have a place to be ministered through. When life's trials come along, you have a place to take them. She made a place for her testimony before she even needed the testimony. It's your hallelujah, it's your praise, it's your worship to God that builds that room. It's your worship to God. Oh, I wonder if someone here tonight can can add on to that room a little bit. If someone here tonight can get your faith and your praise in God, can just can expand the borders of that room. Your faith has the potential to affect the fate of tomorrow. What is your faith telling you tonight? What are you believing for, for this year? What miracles do you need in 2015? What are you prophesying? What is your voice prophesying into your life? What is God about to do in your life tonight? It's the faith of today that determines the fate of tomorrow. Uh, go ahead and entertain that. Flow in it for a few minutes. So ju- just keep it going. Someone's, someone's building a room. Someone's making place for their testimony. They're making a place for the testimony in their life. It's moments like this. It's, it's times like this that cultivate the soil at which your miracle comes from. Exit is 25:16 God tells Noah, this is the beginning of the, the tabernacle plan and God giving Moses all of the plans for the tabernacle. Exodus 25:15, one of my favorite verses, says, And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. See, God's, G- God's telling Moses everything that's got to be built, all of the, the, the specifics, all of the details, all of the minor little things. He's given him everything. God tells Moses, I need you to build an ark because I have a testimony for you, but you have no place to house it. He's saying, he's saying, I've got a testimony that I'm longing to give you, but I can't give it because you can't house it. Oh, I wonder if God's saying that to someone in this house tonight. God's saying, I've got a testimony for you, but you've got no place to put it. I've got your miracle, I've got your blessing, I've got just what you need, but you've got no place for it. See, there are things that you do today that ensure your tomorrow. We see that Noah had to build the ark to ensure his life in the flood. The lady had to build a room for the prophet that led to A, the miracle of her son, and then B, the resurrection of her son. Moses constructed the ark, the covenant, or the ark of the testimony, which became the place where the sins of the people, the sins of Israel, were atoned. Just like that, you need to build a place in your life, in your temple, to house and to to flow through for your testimony. Again, it's, it's your worship that, that, that builds that room. It's, it's your praise that, that makes that place. Just ask Cornelius. It was his prayer in alms that became a memorial to God. And God goes and, and speaks and breaks all social norms and understandings of the day. And makes way for A, his salvation, but his testimony. What's your faith building tonight? What, what, what miracles are being done in the atmosphere here tonight? What's being done in your life? What, what, it's your faith that determines the fate of tomorrow. So what's being done? What's being done in your life? What, what, what miracles in your own life? What, is, what are you cultivating that God can flow through? As I bring this to a conclusion, the the musicians can start to come. On August 8, 1942, a young Elgin Staples found himself aboard the USS Astoria. On this day, the USS Astoria was at the height of the battle for Savo Island, which is nestled among the Solomon Islands. At 2 a.m., the Astoria's number one eight inch gun turret, located in the bow of the ship, exploded. The shock wave of the blast sent Staples overboard. He found himself in the water, gravely injured in both legs by shrapnel from the explosion. Despite the, the shock of the ordeal, he was able to reach down and activate the small Firestone lifebelt secured to his waist, which kept him afloat and alive during this catastrophe. He spent four hours in the water, and at 6 a.m., he was rescued by a passing destroyer and was returned to the now feeble Astoria. The ship's captain determined the only course of action to save both ship and crew was to beach the Astoria. Due to unforeseen circumstances, the attempt faltered, and... Staples once again found himself in the salty ocean waters of the South Pacific. By high noon, Staples had been rescued a second time and found himself now aboard the USS President Jackson. He was one of only 500 survivors to make it out of the Blitz alive. In the peace and solitude of the ship, he had his first chance to inspect the small life belt that had saved his life not once, but twice. He inspected every stitch of the modest piece of equipment that had served its purpose faithfully despite its pitiful appearance. Soon he came across a registration number that he committed to memory quickly. Along with the number there was the manufactured by by Firestone in Akron. Akron, Ohio being his hometown. Upon arriving back home, Staples diligently told his family of the spectacular war story that he had endured and of the meager life belt that had saved his life twice. During the story, Staples, remembering that his mother worked at Firestone, quoted the registration number and acquired of its purpose. His mother responded not with words, but with tears. As you see, his mother got a job to make ends meet during the war, at as an inspector at the local Firestone factory. Her task was simple, to inspect the life belt. The registration number was her personal identification number noting that she personally approved the quality of that belt. Staples later said of the story, my mother put her arms halfway around the world to save me. There was a day When his mother sat down at a desk, picked up the next belt in a mountain of life belts and began to spect every fiber, every stitch, every thread of the very life belt that would save the life of her son. She had no idea the implications of the moment because it was at this time she was saving the life of her son. If we could all stand. I cannot help but ask myself what prayers are being prayed tonight? What's what what is being offered up to God tonight? What is your prayer, your worship, your sacrifice tonight that will affect your life or someone and someone else's life? Not tonight or tomorrow. Maybe it's June or September or December. What prayers are being prayed? What will be prayed at this altar tonight that will impact the life of your loved ones? That will impact the life of your friends? What souls will be saved as the result of prayers tonight for their soul? It's the faith of your prayer tonight that determines the fate of tomorrow. As we gather in this altar, who will you pray for tonight? Who will... Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a friend... Who will you pray for? What situations, what sicknesses are being healed here? How is your all... What's being done? Let's pray in the Spirit. Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Oh, lift your voice unto the Lord. How, how is tomorrow being affected now? Cry out to God. Oh, it's this moment that's a conduit for your miracle tomorrow. The Lord's hearing it. He's honoring it. Oh, if it matters to you, it matters to God. If it matters to you, if it impacts you, it matters to God. Even the small details, the small things of your life matter to God. Your prayer is reaching out here. It's making a difference. It's impacting. It's going forward. Where is your prayer going tonight? Who are you touching with your prayers tonight? Your life is
0: under the control of the hand of God. Let lead Let guide
1: you. Your life is under the control of the hand of God. Let him lead you tonight. Let him control you tonight. Let him guide your course, direct you. Let the hand of the Almighty God plot your course. Let it direct your future. Come on, church, let's pray. Oh, God, lead us. Take control of us. Take control of our futures. God, let us see with spiritual eyes. Let us see, oh, God. God, I pray that your will would be done in our lives.
0: asking brothers Zach and Jeremiah to come out through here laying hands. Especially on these young people. They'll also maybe get to some of the adults. There's a spirit of ministry across this auditorium right now. What a great
2: message. Your
0: future is in the hands of God. Your faith will move the hands of God. Oh, Feel a strong witness of the Holy Jesus,
2: Ghost. I to you. Feel a strong
0: anointing of the Spirit of God here right now. Young people, I believe this is a special night for you. If are a guest or a visitor here, I heard a message out of the heart of a young man. Reaching for your soul. Put your faith in the Lord. Put your faith in God. He'll take control of your future. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I pray the prayer of blessing. I pray the prayer of anointing. I pray the prayer of blessing, Lord, upon the people. Bless every heart that's reaching out to you, O oh God. Bless every life that's reaching out to you, oh Lord. Bless everyone, Lord, that is trying to put their lives into your hands, that are trying to give you control, that are trying to say, not my will, but your will be done, not my way, but your way. As the Spirit of the Lord moves, you minister to one another. Slip up next to somebody and give them a word or a scripture that's in your heart. Let the gifts of the Spirit operate here tonight. Hallelujah. I
2: will worship Blessed be the mighty I name of the Lord. I will worship you. I will worship
0: Let your faith rise tonight. What God can do in your future. Arrangements right now your faith is moving mountains of obstacles and opposition right now the Lord's making a way where there is no way
2: opening doors
0: closing doors all the blessing of a closed door Maybe you've been discouraged about a closed door. Maybe you've been discouraged of a lost opportunity. Tonight, the man of God said there can be a blessing in that closed door. Lord, that there come a great breakthrough into the life of this church and into the life of
2: every individual. Oh, the reason that I live the reason that I sing Jesus I sing And you Jesus, you. Jesus you. Hallelujah, hallelujah let's stay in this mode of prayer hallelujah the reason. Noah's decision didn't just affect him, it affected his family. The woman's decision didn't just affect her, it affected her son. Moses' decision didn't just affect him, it affected a nation. In the name of Jesus, pray prayers that's going to affect your children tonight. Tap into something that's going to affect your marriage tonight. Hallelujah tap into something that's going to affect the nation tonight. He called Hallelujah, Jesus. Pray prayers that's going to affect this church. Pray prayers that's going to affect this community. It's bigger than just you. It's going to affect you, but it's bigger than just you. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's healing in this place. There's direction in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes.